If you want to go with the flow, live in the moment, wind in your hair kind of life, you need a forward-thinking, prepared-for-anything kind of plan. Like the Audi Freeway Plan Extension. It extends your Audi's maintenance plan by an extra two years or up to 200,000 kilometers. And with free roadside assistance, living in the moment has never gone more according to plan. Visit your nearest Audi dealer today. T's and C's apply. Audi. Vorsprung der Technik. You're listening to a podcast from 702. Rockstartelevision.com 702 Radio that listens to you. Well, every Wednesday, round about this time, you uh, we get to speak with uh, Nikki Bush and we talk to her about a range of uh, topics. Today, we are discussing the need for improv- improvisation, the South African thing of uh, Aburu Makaplan, if you know what I mean, making and connecting the dots differently that in terms of uncertainty is so essential. And uh, Nikki Bush is uh, on the line to tell us exactly what this improvisation and making a plan means welcome to the show nikki thank you Chekho. thanks so much you know i've been struggling with this word improvisation the whole morning i've been <laughs> okay, practicing let's just say let's mark a plan <laughs> <laughs> yes that is why i went for that because you know every i've been reading and and, and practicing this word but it kills me all the time so a bur market plan. <laughs> a bur market plan not yes. just a bur every south african right now everybody in the world Chekho, yeah. is having to make a plan we're having to create order out mm. of chaos mm. we're having to make lemonade out of lemons we've been throwing a lot of lemons and i think every time our president comes on tv we hold our breath yeah. and we go what next and we're just hoping and praying that more gets opened up but at the moment we're actually being contained a little bit more mm. and so there's this dance that's going on at the moment mm. and we have a dance partner and it's not necessarily a dance partner of our choosing. Mm. And you know what happens now? I'm a presenter. You're a presenter. I don't know if you remember doing some gigs where you present with somebody else no. where maybe it's not tightly scripted. So you yeah. have to dance and improvise together. Yeah. You've got to learn to read each other's cues mm. and it's characterized by the unknown, by an incomplete script, by making it up. As we go, mm. and we've never been here before, and you've got to be quite tuned in. You've got to know yourself well, mm. and you've got to be tuned in to the other person or the other the other dancer. Yeah. And you know, we've had 111 days of lockdown now, I think. Yeah. And last week with Azza, we spoke about isolation fatigue, mm. and really dancing with each other and improvising is about co-creating a new normal and collaborating to create a new future. Yeah. And when I looked at this thing about external disruption and what COVID has done, and if you look back at the last 111 days of where we've been, this improvisation, think about um, an emergency room. Right. And when uh, you're, you know, you're at the scene of an accident and the um, paramedics come and they do what's called triage. And when you land up in an emergency room, the emergency personnel do triage. They work out who's most critical and mm. they deal with those things first, those people first. Mm. And everybody else who's less critical goes in order of importance. So we've been through this like 
the scene of this accident, COVID's been a bit like going through a massive car, multi-car pileup, mm. you know, and there's, there was this emotional, this emergency response, all hands on deck, everybody engaged, everybody did stuff, they did what they needed to do, the adrenaline was running high, the cortisol was running high, and then, and then we all hit a wall. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and we became immobilized and numb and shocked. Did that really happen? I mean, are we really still in, in lockdown after 111 days? I think, you know, at some point we, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, well, it's just another day, but there's another part of our brain that's going, really? Yeah. You know, we're still actually shocked that we are still in stages of lockdown. Um, and, and then we start asking this question of how can we get back to normal as soon as possible? And, it's because we feel so out of control, you know, um, and then we, we want to move closer to feeling in control because then we might feel a little better. Mm. But then we get told we must now go back a few steps in the levels and then we feel, you know, quite shocked and numb and out of control again. So there's been this thing in, in, in homes as well as in business to try and get things back in line, back in their place, but it's not you can't actually do that because nothing is as it was before. Yeah. And, and so when I say we've got to create order out of chaos, it's a new form of order out of chaos. It's not trying to completely do a totally, you know, a copy. It's actually almost as if we're building a new puzzle and we've got to create a new picture. Well, actually, we've got to find a new picture. Yeah, and and um, um, you, you mentioned the issue of dancing and your dancing partner. I like that analogy because the one thing that when you improvise, when you're a pair or maybe a group of people, the one thing that I believe is central is trust. Trusting one another yes. that when I make this move, the next person uh, will immediately get it and they won't let me falter. And they'll adapt their move to your move as well. And yes, as you say, they won't falter because if you were doing a tango or something, you might fall. Mm. So it is about stepping in and supporting each other. So I'm, I'm throwing out a few analogies here today. We've talked about order out of chaos, lemonade out of lemons. We've talked about dance partners mm. and trusting each other mm. and triage as if we were in, 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 a, in an emergency room and prioritizing what has to be done next. Mm. And now I want to talk about the fact that we've got to choose now to solve for a different problem. Because if we keep trying to solve for the old problem pre-COVID, when I say a problem, in business, we've got to sell more insurance policies or we've got to sell more cans of Coke or whatever it is. Um, you know, sales and cash flow is all important. But now our market has changed. Our market has shifted. Are we reading and dancing with the market mm. as it is today? Yeah. What is the new need? Um, and and so we are now having to put to to play on the edges of a pond with new ideas, yeah. new ways of thinking. We've got to shake things up. You know, it could be as basic as this, Chekhov. Yeah. Um, the cost of living is going up, and some people are losing jobs. Mm. And what if you can't afford to live in your home alone anymore? Mm. You may have to shift your mindset. And share a home with somebody else and share your expenses. That might not have been a pre-COVID thought. Yeah. But it might be a thought now. Um, what about do we need two cars mm. when we're not actually 
driving around all the time. We've got one sitting in the garage all the time. Mm. We may need to free up some money. Changing the mindset, do we need two cars? Then we look at families with children at school. And there are going to be options moving forward. It's not just, well, we're going to send our children to school and pay the school fees. Now we may have some options. Maybe there'll be an online option. which may be cheaper than going to real school. Maybe there's homeschooling. Some parents have actually really enjoyed having their kids at home and maybe considering homeschooling, real homeschooling, not crisis education, Mm. real homeschooling where you're responsible for the curriculum and delivering the curriculum. And then I was thinking about work. If jobs are going to be lost, we might have to think around job sharing. So instead of everybody in a company losing jobs, maybe some people are going to go to half day and yeah. share with somebody else. I just want to jump in there, Nikki, before you, you continue with uh, the example of, of jobs. But um, uh, just to pick up on the issue of sharing a house, for instance, or letting one car go, they, the challenge with that um, might be we don't know um, how quickly we're going to get out of this situation. So how, how then do you make a long-term decision if we don't know, um, you know, what the future holds, um, it's one thing, for example, if we knew that we're going to be living with COVID for like two years and then from then on, what's it's, it's mm. over. But now we don't mm. know, um, you know, uh, whether we're coming or going. So how, how then do we tread carefully, um, in this no man's land when it comes to the issue, yeah, for so- example? Do we, so, do we so then, for instance, we say do. that we will, yeah. as opposed to signing a 12-month lease with a tenant, will maybe go six months? Yes, so I think all of those things are going to be up for consideration because planning long-term, medium-term and short-term means something completely different today mm. than it did in January and February yeah. this year. Yeah. Long-term planning right now is probably... <laughs> Not much beyond six months Mm. because we really don't know. And there's so much that can impact on our decision making. So when I said we're playing on the edges of the pond, Mm. we really are playing in, 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 you know, with things that we've, we've, we've never been part of before. Mm. And we are having to ask questions, you know, how does, um, how do we lead a team in virtual spaces? That's a conversation I'm having a lot with managers and team leaders mm-hmm. who are shifting from being a manager to being more of a coach now. Right. They're having to ask a lot more questions and they're micromanaging less because they're not with their employees. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that makes things very, very different. And it's exactly the same as you say with somebody who's renting out a house or a property. <clears throat> that they're going to have to change their timelines and their horizons in order to even get a tenant mm. because people are not going to want to commit for too long. But also remember, we've been moving closer to an economy with less ownership of stuff. So, you know, we've got, for example, Uber. Yes. You don't necessarily have to own a car anymore. If you yeah. don't drive around all day as a salesperson, for example, Maybe we need to be thinking differently about car ownership mm. um, and carpooling and car sharing, etc. Um, it's about stretching the way we think 
And it is. It's stretching it to a new reality of where we haven't been before. I think the challenge right now, Nikki, is the fact that it's more psychological. We are in an in, in an era where we 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 don't know. Well, well, we are not used to it. We were not trained for this thing. We we were never prepared for it. You know, it came. You mentioned the issue of uh, job sharing. Uh, it is in, it is interesting to me because I once had a conversation with somebody about this and 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 talking exactly about that issue that maybe um, that might be the one option that comes up in order for for companies to uh, to to save jobs and i wonder whether that option is been looked at by by many companies and and employees favorably well that's an interesting one because job sharing actually came in as a as a possibility oh i can't remember how many years ago but probably about seven or eight years ago there was talk around job sharing and mm. i'm not sure that well i, I know it wasn't widely embraced mm. um but I think that it's those sorts of things that are going to come possibly back onto the table as options. From another point of view as well, Chekho, not just from a job loss point of view, that maybe we can spread it across more, you know, keep more people employed, but maybe only, only on a, a half day basis. Um, but also think about this. Many parents have also for the first time experienced working from home. Yeah. And some have hated it but some have enjoyed it. And some might for the first time be thinking, hmm, I wonder if this is something I could continue doing. And they may well, and I'm, we're probably talking a small portion, mm. but they may well be happy with taking um, a, you know, a shorter time at work for more time with my family mm. as a trade-off because yeah. they've enjoyed their time. And that then has a knock-on effect that we have less disposable spending power. Mm. So then we have to think more carefully about what we spend our money on. So all of these decisions are interlinked yeah. with each other. There isn't one decision that we can take which doesn't have a knock-on effect on something else. How do you deal with a situation where I've been a business owner for eons and um, I, I have known business to be run in this particular way. I've always read my, my, my dad before me or my uncle before me ran this business in a particular way and now it seems as if the businesses that are going to survive will be those that have embraced technology how 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 do you deal and um deal with an issue like that if you were to advise somebody uh, particularly now during these uncertain times Mm. So it's an interesting one because even in my own field, you know, of, of speaking, there are people who are saying, but speaking virtually just isn't my thing. I know. I mean, I, I, don't, don't, I don't like that's it. That's not me. Yeah. Yeah. It's not me. It's not the way I do things. It's not the way I want to do things. So I'm not going to do it. Mm. And then you get to a point where you go, oh, well, well, do you want to be in business or don't you want to be in business? Mm. You know, there's that. Mm. But then I've been doing some reverse engineering this weekend, uh, thinking about, for example, the cosmetic industry. Mm. Um, you know, you go to any cosmetic bar right now and there are no samples because of COVID. Yeah. You can't test anything, try anything. So I'm wondering if the Avon lady and the Tupperware lady and the honey lady might eventually come back into vogue. So that would be, Personal, face-to-face, -face, bringing sealed samples mm. that are only for your use to your door. Right. I think we're going to see all sorts of shifts and changes that we hadn't anticipated. So I wouldn't 
put my money on the fact that you have to be high tech to survive. Right. Um, and, and, my and the point issue- is that I think some high touch, <laughs> yes. some high touch is going to do very well moving forward. And Once it, we are able to, of course, be in touch with each other. <laughs> yeah. And it takes us to the issue of trust that we spoke about earlier on, because if you are the Avon lady or the Tupperware lady, as you mentioned, or whatever business you are in, I have to trust that if you are now going to be giving me a personalized, uh, um, touch that service. Uh, yeah, yeah service yeah. that that I believe that you have been looking after yourself and you you you've been taking good care of you Yes, but I think that that stands, that, that stands in business anyway. You know, right now people are doing business with people they trust, whom they've had built relationships with over time, mm. or somebody who gets a very high recommendation from somebody else that mm. they trust. Yeah. So we do go back to the human factor time and time again, that being a human being is what's most important and keeping the human in the middle. So, Learning to do the dance together, but in a very, very different way, is going to be extremely important moving forward. Nikki Bush, thank you so much for your time as usual. Great conversations with you, and uh, we're looking forward to having a chat with you next time. And I hope that uh, you took a few pointers uh, from this conversation.